It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, great to have you with us today. It is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show, 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. It is uh, Christmas week. Now, uh, next week, we'll be taking off from Talk of the Town. We'll be taking off from the uh, IGO uh, show uh, here. And uh, we will be in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's our schedule next week. We're here all week this week, including the covet, the highly coveted 6 p.m. on a Friday before a holiday slot on radio. Highly coveted. Highly coveted. We'll be here, baby. We will be here. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington is the uh, producer of today's uh, extravaganza. Uh, Pilk, how about your Panthers? Getting a win. I, I was a little disappointed that I didn't go. Once once they won, I was like, "Dang!" I knew yeah, when I decided late. Sat there. through that. It was cold. It was like there was no fifty some degrees. Like hey, that's what makes it fun. Raining when there's when there's two thousand idiots out there, and you could say I'm one of those two thousand idiots. It's when it really what held me back was like I was laying in bed Saturday night, and I was like, "Do I really want to get up and drive to Charlotte tomorrow morning, and then drive yeah. back?" And the answer was no. If I could have teleported to, heck, if I could have teleported to Greensboro. Wait a minute, what the game the at one? Yeah. You couldn't you have just driven back? Well, it was rain. It was a deluge. You'd have driven in the rain, and there were some terrible accidents, including one I'm going to talk about here in a minute. So, I mean, I don't know how bright that would have been, Pilk. To yeah, have... that's my point. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. But had it okay. not been for, like I said, if I could have teleported to Charlotte, I would have went to the game. If it had been just a rain event in Charlotte, let's say, and the, for the Appalachians, yeah. as people who are not from here say, uh, would you would you have uh, would you have considered going? Like I said, it was more just the three and a half hour commute that I was not feeling. Okay, it was it was All like right. I don't want to have to set an alarm tomorrow morning, get up a specific time, sit there by myself. Yeah, I understand. Do you realize? Do you realize that there's a football game being played right now in Charlotte as we speak? Yeah, it's, it's been kind of ugly. Okay. Western you Kentucky looks like for... Western Kentucky looks like the movie Little Giants, how bad the Giants played in the first half cuz I mean they coughed it up on their first 3 drives. It's been ugly. Oh. What's the score of that epic Titanic battle? Uh 35-14 Old Dominion. Wow. Future pirate opponent there. So that's going on now. Should be re- uh, winding up about the time we leave the air here, if not a little before. Uh, our friend Jay Sunalder's on national radio for that today. So calling that bowl game. How about that? Hey, it's a that nice exciting. little press box they got there. This Actually, it's a nice little stadium. It just, uh, you know, Jerry Richards small. Stadium. Yeah, it's just small. And they should not be hosting a game next year where the Pirates will be coming. Because they don't have enough seats to host all of our fans, much less the 200 no. of theirs that are going to show up along with our 20,000. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get into some of the sports stuff, a big hauling uh, weekend for the Pirates. In fact, Steve and Igo is going to be with us today. 
Uh, Igo will join us coming up at Bobby B. Uh, either next segment or the following segment. We, we're still confirming all that. But Stephen Igo will join us telephonically from uh, Hoist the Colors. Uh, if you missed Igo's show today, you missed him talking to uh, Jeff Palumbo, and he really didn't get in uh, a whole lot of uh, all of this football recruiting. Uh, we're going to talk about that and all that, but there's a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. Uh, a couple of things that are truly sad, and uh, one thing that is a sad state of affairs. Uh, the first thing is, uh, from a sports perspective, Eric Montross, uh, I guess, this morning died, or at least it was announced this morning that he had died. He had been battling cancer for a long time. It was really, really bad. And uh, Montross, who by all accounts was a great human being, uh, a lot of great stories today on, on Montross from different people from all different uh, walks of life and all different professions about just what a great guy he was. He spent a lot of time uh, going to the Children's Cancer Center there in Chapel Hill and trying to buoy the spirits of uh, kids who were uh, battling cancer. And uh, ironically, it is that uh, awful disease that has uh, claimed the life of Eric Montross, who uh, I thought, for my money as far as analysts, um, was as good as you'd find on the radio. Really, really good on the Tar Heel Network. Again, I'm no UNC fan by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I always thought Eric did a really good job and, and probably could have had a bigger career in broadcasting had he chosen to because uh, he was just that, that talented and had a little bit of name recognition that he could have done that. Played the NBA, of course. So Montross would have been uh, fantastic uh nationally on TV or and, and I know he did do, do a little bit of national radio but uh, he'd have been fantastic on uh on television but uh 52 years old is way too young man way way too young and uh so our condolences to uh obviously those that uh are related and loved him and uh knew him and loved him and uh Tar Heel fans uh, everywhere Eric Montross uh dead at the age of uh, 52 to cancer really really sad stuff uh, equally as sad, uh, yesterday on I-87, or as we all call it, 264, a Greenville doctor was killed. Um, there was a car crash on what they officially call I-87 near Nightdale. It's between the Wendell Falls uh, and Nightdale exit this happened. Uh, and and it, you go one way to go into Nightdale, you go the other way to go into downtown Wendell. But uh, what happened there... Uh, was apparently an SUV skidded off the road in the rainstorm around midday yesterday. And uh, a couple different people pulled over on the shoulder to walk over to the grassy area to check uh, on the men where the uh, crash occurred. Now, those guys that were in the SUV that slid off the road, they were fine. Uh, a truck that was barreling through apparently at a high rate of speed uh, ran off the road and hit both of the Good Samaritan pedestrians including Dr. Roger McMurray of Greenville, Physicians East. Uh, his family was in the car with him. As I understand it, they were on their way to the airport for a trip out of town. And uh, McMurray, who uh, I think was a military veteran, I know some people went to church with him in the community, um, killed. They were going on a ski vacation, uh, and he was just out trying to help somebody uh, – as, as a guy who was a good Samaritan, uh, just just terrible. Another gentleman, uh, a guy from Raleigh named Gregory Harmon, also was killed. Uh, Wake Med 
is where they took him, but he died shortly thereafter, and they have charged the driver of the pickup truck with two counts of misdemeanor death by motor vehicle for exceeding safe speed. Uh, no impairment was believed. Uh, he did not have a driver's license, uh, but warrants show he had no criminal record. That's the person they charged in the uh, in the crash. Uh, that is uh, Eric Rodriguez Rivas. So, uh, terrible uh, news there. And again, uh, it, it all this before. And then there was another uh, gentleman um, I, I know that died. I think he'd been sick too. His friend, a father of a of a friend, a guy named uh, Louis Johnson, his dad, who I think uh, was also named that, died uh, over the weekend. So kind of a sad weekend. Puts a lot of things in perspective as we uh, head into the holiday season because you just don't know uh, when uh, your, your, your number's up in this big, bad world. And uh, that is, you know, something I think a uh, an important but uh, sad lesson um, to take from all of this. You just, I mean, here's a guy that... Essentially, my age, who was uh, getting out to help somebody on his way to the airport to go leave on a vacation, and they uh, and he gets hit and killed because of uh, uh, someone driving too fast in, in horrible weather yesterday. So, Pilk, I, I, I say all that to, to say you probably made the wise choice. I know some people that were driving in this yesterday and saw dozens of dozens of wrecks. Um, it it uh, just awful weather to be traveling in yesterday. So. Uh, anyway, our, our condolences to the uh, family and the friends and the co-workers and uh, those that knew uh, Dr. McMurray here in uh, Greenville. Tell you what, why don't we uh, take a break? Uh, we'll come back because I have some more commentary coming your way, and then we'll uh, transition out of that into some uh, some more pleasant sportsy sort of things. Uh, but uh, we'll do that when we come back. Let's hit a break, and uh, we'll come on. Igo will be with us uh, close to the bottom of the hour, so stand by for that. A uh, week of Christmas music, Pilk? Got to. Whew. This is one of the worst. All right, we <laughs> it's are, upbeat. It's, it's upbeat. All, All the other ones are slow. They are slow. We'll have to put some of our own spin on it. But this is pretty rotten. All right. Uh, we'll be well, back more tonight. of the Patrick Johnson radio experience when we come back here on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 94.3thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Okay, uh, welcome back. It is uh, the PJ Show here on 94.3 The Game on this uh, Monday uh, before Christmas, a week before Christmas. Look, I made a lot of headway in the shopping department uh, yesterday. Sounds like a productive weekend. I'm kind of a procrastinator. It's eight days so, out It's not bad. No, I don't think so. Now, I have a little bit more to do, but it's more kind of, you know, enhancement stuff there's one kind of big item i still need to to get and then i need to come up somehow with some money for uh, all the stuff i'm responsible for otherwise so <laughs> it still pay all the bills that's that's that i have I, I shouldn't say all the bills all the bills i have so gotta figure it out that tv money can't come rolling in quick enough Bill. um let's see here so i don't know if you saw this or not uh I, I was alerted to this by our guy, uh, Gully, 
with uh, WITN Gully uh, had on his Twitter, because I guess he was going to shoot highlights for the Rose South Central basketball game, which was being played at South Central uh, on Friday night. And, you know, they have a JV game, then they have the girls game, and then they uh, – Boys game for the varsity. And for all I know, they may have JV girls. I, I, I don't know that for sure. But the uh, boys game, I think, was supposed to start around 8 o'clock. And so there was some kind of melee, of, as I understand it, a fight uh, that maybe was in the stands or in the gym during the girls game, and it spilled out to outside of the gym between games, and somebody got stabbed apparently. i am not seen an update on this. This is what I understand as a Friday night, but the point is, that uh, Rose is announcing today uh, that the game will be played, the boys' game, but it will not. No, the public it's not open to the public. There will be select family members, uh, pre-approved family members, however you want to put it, that will be allowed to go for both sides. But other than that, none of the students will be able to go. None of the fans from the community will be able to go. It's uh, a, a, just a terrible terrible incident marred by stupidity and uh it's just a sad statement on our uh you know our our society that you can't play a uh, basketball game and and not have something uh so heinous disrupt the whole thing and look there's it's not just there i mean how many games have we seen in la- in recent years where there've been fights and the games have, you know, been postponed or called or what. I mean, it's happened in Kenston when Farmville was there. You know, it's happened at a bunch of different places. It may, it, it, I believe it may have happened at the Farmville gym, but if it didn't, I, I'm not trying to besmirch them in any way. But I mean, I know they, they've had some fans places that stuff got involved and, and in no way are the schools, uh, fans, all of them, or parents, or even the students, bad, but it just takes one or two idiots, knuckleheads, to mar and ruin the situation for everybody. So now tonight, if, I mean, I don't know what the refund situation was, if there was a refund situation, or if you just paid your money and you were in the whole time, but I mean, you know, you wouldn't be able to go and and pay your money again to go in because they're playing that game tonight without uh, anybody coming in. Just... Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's my uh, watch there. Sorry, Pilk. It's a new watch. He's still it getting it figured it out, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of days ago before the show, he was messing around with it. I was oh. like, it's time to go on. He's like, i got to get my watch figured out. And I, I have no help. I about my watch. I do not I have one of those watches, and that's why. It is It is goofball time with this, uh, with this um, stuff going on in, in the... Rose Central, uh, South Central game. Just terrible. All right. Um, another bad deal from the weekend. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, uh, tough injury last night. Baltimore absolutely dominating the game against, uh, the, uh, Jaguars, who have now lost three in a row. Uh, 70 some odd yards at the time. And if I'm not mistaken, it was off a 13 yard run. In fact, had the guy for Jacksonville not caught him, Pilk, I think everybody thought he was going to uh, Keaton was going to score. Right? Yeah, it, I'd have to go back and see the play, maybe from what they call the Madden angle. Um, yeah, I think there was maybe a safety that was still could have made the tackle. Okay. It'd been a tough open field tackle on Deuce, obviously. 
You know, it's easier right. said than done to tackle him in the open field. But yeah, he's definitely stood a chance, and he was he played well. They ran the ball well as a team last night. But uh, well, he got the start, oh, and uh, their opening drive, the two drives I thought were really good this weekend. The Panthers drive to close it. That was a great drive. We have given Bryce Young uh, holy hell, and rightfully so. He's been awful, but that drive gives me a little hope. Right. More on that in a minute. The opening drive that the uh, Ravens went on now resulted in only a field goal. Jacksonville bowed their neck and when it got into the red zone. But uh, the run that really set Jacksonville up, or excuse me, Baltimore up on that drive, opening drive last night, was also from Keaton Mitchell. In fact, it looked like, again, he was going to maybe be in the end zone. I mean, that's that's the kind of year Keaton Mitchell's had. So I really feel badly for Keaton as I think anybody would, right? So Yeah, you never want to see a guy's um, season end like that. No, really, really sad. How about uh, the Panthers, uh, Pilk? you got to feel good about that, right? Yeah. I, you I feel you... good that maybe you saw a flash or something that could give you a little bit of, well, now wait a minute. We might, we might have us a quarterback here. Yeah, well, I like the way Bryce played, but I like the way the receivers played, too. You saw more separation. You saw some tough catches. Mm -hmm. You know, that second field goal drive, I think it was probably the drive before the final field goal, he threw that back shoulder to DJ Chark over on the sidelines. He couldn't have handed it to him in a better spot, but DJ still had to make a toe-tap catch on the sideline and did it beautifully, Um, and that was going into the wind. The wind was blowing from right to left on your screen, and a lot of our better drives were going into the wind. thought the offensive line looked... They went from atrocious to serviceable, maybe, this week. <laughs> I, I was impressed with the drive. I thought it was a really good drive. I, I was so. impressed with the whole thing. And I, I also believe that um, I, I I thought it was a good deal. I really did. I thought that they um, – because, look, those conditions were terrible. But I thought Bryce made some really good throws that he had to make good throws on, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. And – it was a per, it was a, a beautiful drive. It really was, and uh, you're right. Some receivers made uh, Chark made a great catch on that drive, uh, right along the sideline going out. It just was that was an awesome catch. Yeah, it, but it's one of those deals where I think Young put the ball where only Chark DJ Chark could get it. So I thought that was uh, that was really good. Uh, finally, to some ECU news again. I thought there were some other things that we needed to bring up first. Um, all of it not great, obviously, uh, but uh, some good news for the Pirates. We're going to get Igo on next segment to talk about this, so uh, stand by. Steve and Igo will be uh, in the house. But ECU got a commit at quarterback. Uh, Michigan State QB Caton Hauser did start some games last year for the Spartans in a really tough situation there. You know, they had the coaching change and coaches with kind of a foot out the door. Uh, but, you know, faced some really good defenses, didn't, set the world on fire, but uh, he's excited to, to be here, and I think it'll be an interesting – look, I, no offense to anybody or anybody's buddy, but uh, that was – I mean, this guy, Hauser, could have no arms and, and be better than the quarterback play than ECU had last year. I mean, that's just – let's call it what it is. Um, I, from what I understand today, uh, there's still some question whether Alex Flynn will be back or not. He's still making his decision. I think Flynn's a good guy to have in the program because he knows 
the ins and outs of the Mike Houston program, uh, you know, obviously the offense is going to be a little different. So the, for him, pending med school opportunity, um, completed his MBA. If not, he's close to completing it. You know, so to me, I, I think he's got to think, all right, do I want to learn a new offense to kind of be in the, uh, in the wings potentially? Or does he feel like, okay, I can grasp this offense and I, I can compete for the starting job? We'll see. Uh, the defensive front got bolstered. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, is it Alexander Central where, uh, Craig, uh, Raheem Craig is from? I think so. Uh, junior, kind of an outs, uh, a, a guy, an edge rusher outside in the vein of Jeremy Lewis. He played, but sparingly at, um, at, um, Louisville where he was before. Pirates recruited him out of college, but he ended up going there. And, uh, anyway, uh, he's got three more seasons of, uh, or played there the last three seasons. He'll have a couple years of eligibility. So I think that's a big score for the, um, for the defense for the Pirates. Anything with the offense or any other commits, Pilk? I know this is kind of a fluid situation here. Has anybody taken to Insta or X or Snap or whatever? Not that I've seen today. Yes, I did confirm, though, that it is Alexander Central where Raheem Craig played. Uh, I've not seen anything. Um, I did see that Jason Shuford, uh, pirate former defensive lineman, will go to Marshall for his final year of eligibility. I know you kind of meant that question geared towards is anyone coming here, but I have not right. seen anyone today. Uh, hoping to get some news, though, at some point today, preferably uh, sooner rather than later, but who knows. Yep. By the way... Um our guy Gully is just uh, put out on X that Rose and South Central are making up the uh, basketball game that was uh, postponed because of a stabbing outside the gym Friday night, and uh, he's got a picture up of the limited access. And I mean, it's kind of COVID-like with the uh, with the crowds. People aren't quite as spaced out as they were during you know those times where they only let people in. But there's a couple of police officers in the uh, stands. Uh, standing there, so it's uh, it's sad state of affairs. I know you got to have law enforcement presence at events, and that's a a good thing to have. But uh, just that's a really stark picture to what went down uh, there. All right, we're going to talk to Igo about all of this uh, coming up. Uh, in fact, we got to get to him right at the bottom of the hour. So, Pilk, if you're ready, we'll go to you for a uh, ninety three ninety four three the game sports update and pirate report, and then the great uh, Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors will join us. So, what you got? Thanks, P-Man. Starting in Pirate Athletics, as just mentioned, two new commits to the Pirate program. Over the weekend, former Michigan State quarterback Caton Hauser has committed to the Pirates. He started seven games last season, and he played in 11, the redshirt sophomore, through, or sorry, in his redshirt freshman season. He threw for over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. He will join the Pirate program as a redshirt sophomore with three remaining years of eligibility. Also, they got edge rusher Raheem Craig came to the Pirate program via Louisville. He will be a redshirt junior and have two years of eligibility remaining. 
The pirate, former Pirate defensive lineman Jason Shuford has committed to Marshall for his final year of eligibility. The Carolina Panthers snapped a three-game skid with a 9-7 victory over the Falcons on Sunday, and quarterback Bryce Young said it was the complete team win. Obviously a lot of adversity, a lot of ups and downs um, throughout the year, um, but just you know, for us as a team to pull, this is definitely a team win. Uh, defense did a great job. Uh, we all fed off of each other. Um, tough conditions, of course. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was a dirty, nasty game. We knew that it was going to be that coming in. The Panthers took a few late knees to run down the clock despite having it, or despite trailing in the game to set up a 23-yard game-winning field goal by Eddie Pinheiro. Coach Chris Tabor talked about the decision to take the knees after the game. No reason to go down and try to score there. We got a lot of confidence in our kicker. Um, you know, what, what, what I came two-yard line, three-yard line, ball right in the middle. I like our chances. And then that way you, you end the game. In other NFL news, former Pirate running back Keaton Mitchell's 2023 campaign has come to an end after he tore his ACL in last night's win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Former Carolina basketball player Eric Montross has passed away at the age of 52. He has been battling cancer since March of 2023. Montross was part of the 1993 National Championship team in Chapel Hill before spending eight seasons in the NBA. There's currently a bowl game going on, the famous Toastery Bowl in in Charlotte, ODU currently leads Western Kentucky 35-28 midway through the fourth quarter. Head on out to Minji's Coliseum tonight as the Pirate women get set to host George Mason. The Patriots come into this one 8-1, so big opportunity for Kim McNeil's team. That game tips at 6 o'clock. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by Hoist the Color Stephen Igo to talk all pirate recruiting, transfer portal, as well as high school. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Busy weekend for Stephen Igo and Hoist the Colors as uh, they were all over the breaking news that was going on uh, this uh, weekend as it pertained to pirate football. Uh, Igo's been good enough to join us here this afternoon to talk about it. Stephen, great work this weekend and uh, some good pirate football news for once. Yeah, I appreciate it, Patrick. And, yeah, really no, no problem coming on your show because I didn't get the chance to talk recruiting on Hoist the Colors, the radio program earlier today. We talked baseball with Jeff Palumbo, but obviously a really exciting weekend for East Carolina and some much-needed positive news. It's just been too long since. This program had kind of had something for the fan base to rally around. And anytime you get a potential quarterback one from the portal, exciting days. That won't be the only addition here, you know, in the coming days, uh, coming hours perhaps as far as announcements go. So it's a, uh, it was a major success for sure. They still have a lot more work to do, but it's definitely a good starting point. Well, let's talk about Caton Hauser coming from Michigan State where he did start a certain amount of games. That was a tough situation in Lansing this year because of uh, everything that was going on there. Uh, but he had some, some bright moments and he faced, uh, you and I were talking about it earlier today, some of the premier defenses in the nation. So, uh, even though he's a guy that is relatively young, redshirt freshman, he's, he's pretty well battle tested, it appears. Oh, no doubt. I mean, that's the thing is it, it's kind of a, a perfect scenario. Clearly, you would like to get a guy who's been a, 
full-time starter and, you know, has gone out, you know, one conference play of the year, led the team to a bunch of wins, but it's just not realistic for ECU to afford that in this NIL market and where they are in college football. So to get a guy who is young but experienced in a way, a redshirt freshman, played, you know, started seven games, played more than 400 snaps in the Big Ten. The majority of that came in the meat of the Big Ten schedule for Michigan State in very tough circumstances, so he's pretty battle-tested. He had to deal with a lot of adversity, and he he had some good moments. He had some down moments as well, some some moments he could learn from. But, you know, for, for where ECU is, you're coming off a two-win season. You don't have the biggest NIL pot to work with. You know, you don't have a ton of program momentum right now. So from a best-case scenario perspective, I think this is about as good as you could have done, at least to start with. They're going to need to add another quarterback for sure. But as far as, hey, if you would have told me they're going to go out, they're going to get a guy who started the majority of the games in the Big Ten for his respective team and was a former four-star recruit, has a ton of talent, ton of upside, I would have taken that for sure. I think this is a great uh, great way to start what should be a very busy offseason. We're uh, talking to Stephen Igo. He's joining us here for a few minutes uh, this afternoon on uh – the Patrick Johnson show and uh, Stephen can't get away from me on Mondays, so this is uh, this is our all good man. We got to <laughs> knock it out some one way or another in person or all over the phone. Might as well keep it rolling. We had a great job last week. I was uh, out sick. I, I, you did a great job hosting uh, inside ECU athletics, which there will not be an episode tonight. Uh, but uh, you and Coach Schwartz did a really uh, fantastic job there at Tiebreakers, and the show will return on uh, January eighth. Looking forward to that, uh, but some. Downtime for the holidays uh, right now for the program. Uh, I understand that uh, a lot of recruiting is is kind of going on from the standpoint of Hauser's trying to get guys to commit. Yeah, so one of the interesting things was they had a guy who, you know, talking to some people in, in Kate and Hauser's camp going into the visits, it was almost like, hey, if this goes well and he commits to East Carolina, then there are a couple guys he's already working on bringing with him. And one of those guys is Winston Wright Jr., a transfer from Florida State. He was an all-conference guy at West Virginia. Now, as we talk this afternoon, he may or may not have put out his, his announcement yet. I haven't been on social media in the last little bit, but um, he's a guy that is expected to make a decision soon. I'm here East Houston's in a very good spot for him if he were to come and be a Pirate. He's a guy that could be a difference maker. He was an all-conference slot receiver, all-conference kick returner at West Virginia, had an injury at Florida State, actually got involved in a car wreck, and then just got recruited over because he, you know, Florida State brought in just about every talented receiver in the portal last year with a ton of NIL right. money. Look where they are now. So yeah. he's a guy to watch uh, that could be a potential name. That They're also looking at a receiver from NC State who visited this past weekend. They're looking at a couple of offensive linemen. He's also working on some defensive guys. So one of the things that is most important when you get a, a quarterback and potentially a quarterback one is he's all in. He's ready to recruit some more guys. And he told me over the phone yesterday that he's already done that. He's already started that process, and he wants to get back on campus as soon as possible to kind of continue that process and keep building some pieces around him. Uh, Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors, is uh, with us as we talk uh Talk about ECU and uh, the uh, the commitment over the weekend out of the portal of the uh, quarterback Caden Hauser and some other players as well. What what tipped it for Hauser, Stephen? So he told me, you know, just I, I think the chance to play in this offense was the starting point. You know, I asked him, and he he gave me uh, I basically said, what was the right, you know, what was the thing that 
that led you to ECU? What made it the right fit? And he went on for about three minutes, so a lot of things. But the thing that started it was John David Baker and the offensive scheme and really the early interest there. There were a lot of schools coming and going, but really over last weekend, you know, the weekend before his visit, I think ECU made a concerted effort to kind of make him their top guy and bring him on a visit. You hear you hear from schools this time of year, but who's really real? It kind of takes some time to sort out. I think John David Baker made Caden Hauser a priority. And then once he saw the Ole Miss offense, which is pretty pretty stark contrast to kind of the slow plotting pace they play yeah. at Michigan State, I think that really spoke to him. The other big thing he told me was when he got on campus, the first person he really met in depth was, was Mike Houston. And once, you know, he talked to him on the phone before, but once he got to sit down with him and really got to fill out his vision, okay, why did y'all go two and 10 last year? What's the, you know, what's the vision to turn this around quickly? I think once he kind of felt that presence, felt that, you know, talk in person, he was basically all on board and he just kind of had to see how everything fit as far as the campus, you know, the student life, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the offense and I would say Mike Houston's vision to turn this around quickly with him being a major part of that are the two things that stood out the most. Uh, Steven Igo, you can also hear him uh, every uh, Monday through Friday uh, at uh, noon, Hoist the Colors Radio on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Steven will be uh, wrapping up his uh, broadcast year this week, and uh, Steven will be uh, doing shows through Friday. Uh, we're, we're going to do our show Friday. We're in the coveted six o'clock spot on a Friday. That's that's radio gold. Uh, you just you you, you gotta you gotta turn listeners away. And uh, I think we even have a Logan best of in front of us. So we'll def that people will be flocking then because we'll get the Logan spillover for best of maybe. But uh, we're gonna have our festivist show. I go. So we may get you on it. We may not. I don't know. That's up to you. It's an airing of grievances. You're welcome to air grievances if you'd like. Hey, anytime I have a chance to uh, to air a grievance, it's it's probably I'm, I'm all for it. It's probably going to be about college basketball officiating one way or Ooh. another. Yeah, because I'm just disgusted. I know our good friend Sai Seymour has said it's better than ever this year. Sai, I love you. Uh, we're, we must be watching different games. I man. think Sai's just um, saying that to be positive. That's because Sai's such a positive person. I think that's there's no doubt. Yeah, but he can't say a negative word about anybody. No. If, if if Scott's saying a negative word about you, you. You probably don't have a soul. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> he, uh, nah, he sizes the man. But, yeah, if, if I can be a part of it, I'm definitely okay. willing to go up there right. and rip somebody. Well, note that, Pilkington. So, all right, um, the defensive position, the Pirates got a big pickup at edge rusher. Uh, it is uh, out of uh, uh, out of uh, Louisville, Raheem Craig, who has uh, been a uh, – a reserve guy in their defense the last few years, but he's got three years of eligibility. How did this come together? So Raheem Craig is a guy that three years ago, ECU pretty much made a priority target at a high school. He went to Alexander Central High School in Taylorsville, North Carolina, and I remember ECU recruiting him very hard. And like a lot of guys, he just wanted to go power five because it's the cool thing to do. I always felt he was a little bit smaller than most of your defensive ends, edge rushers at that level. He went to Louisville, you know, basically was played as a down defensive end there, and he's 235, 240 pounds, so he just wasn't quite big enough. So he was basically utilized as a situational pass rusher. And then they had a new defensive coordinator come in this past year, kind of fell further out of, you know, further out, further out of the mix as far as playing time. 
ECU wants him as that stand-up outside linebacker position, which is just such a better fit for a guy like Raheem Craig. You know, can drop into coverage a little bit, a little bit playing space. You know, Jeremy Lewis was basically his size, six three, two thirty five. Yeah. And kind of the vision for him is to come in, fill that role, or at least compete to fill that role. They've got Samuel Danka coming back, who's a six six, two thirty guy as well. And so, you know, you, you kind of have a little bit more flexibility, versatility, and ECU scheme with that edge spot versus, hey, let's just go put him, put his hand in the dirt and have him rush every play or try to set the edge every play. So. I think it's a much better scheme fit for Raheem Craig, and he's the guy ECU staff had been after a long time ago, and that's why you always recruit these guys. You know, even if you're not going to lose them, or even if you're not going to get them, and you're going to lose them, might as well recruit them till the end because there's always the bounce back transfer portal scenario down the line. Uh, Steve and I go two four seven hoist the color. Are there any uh, holiday end of the year specials, Christmas specials for hoist the colors right now, and, and people subscribing, getting VIP? So we're running a 50% off uh, special on Hoist the Colors right now for our VIP members. If you're going to be a first-time annual subscriber, you can get 50% off. That offer will continue for several days. We may be running something even higher than that around the new year. Oh. And this is the time, yeah, this is the time of year with, with, uh, signing day coming up. Early signing period opens, opens Wednesday. I think we have a free VIP day Wednesday as well where okay. we'll kind of invite people. Even if you're not VIP, you can come see what it's like. And then usually we run a special on top of that as well if you want to sign up. So definitely check us out on signing day Wednesday when we'll have all the news and notes. And it'll stay busy up through January when the guys report back for, for uh, the uh, spring semester. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, and as you say, announcements will be forthcoming with uh, players out of the portal. On the whole, Stephen, what do you think? Because the NIL is not the biggest. There's been a lot of strides made there, but... It is, it is not the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest pot of money. Uh, what is it that maybe you think are attracting guys that, uh, you know, in some cases have some starting experience or, or you know, in the case of uh, Craig, you know, maybe need a little bit of a fresh start in a different system. What is it that is attracting these guys to, to Greenville in your mind? Well, I think the biggest thing is you, you at least have to have some sort of NIL presence, which ECU now has, thanks to Team Boneyard. So that, I mean, that is something that ECU coaches can sell. We do have an NIL presence. For example, Coastal Carolina just shut bears down. I mean, that is a massive recruiting Ooh. advantage, no matter how small the, the money is that ECU is, is able to give. And, you know, Team Boneyard has done a good job doubling last year's number to this point. So, it's, you know, they have done a solid job raising money uh, for, you know, these types of moments. So that's a definite positive. The other is, you know, you, you go 2-10, and ten, you know, the reality is if you look at last year's offense and you're an offensive player and you want to play football and you've got a new offensive staff coming in, why would you not want to come to ECU? You basically are guaranteed a shot at a starting position if you're any good. I mean, you got to come in and earn it, but that is definitely something they're selling to all the offensive recruits uh, on the defensive side. You've got a system that's pretty much been in place, has shown in the past they can bring in transfers, have success with them, uh, play good defense. And then the, you know, the selling point is too, hey, we're fixing the offense. Come help us be good on defense and we'll be a good football team next year. So I do think there is a lot to sell. And it's, you know, if you were starting completely over from scratch, like a lot, you know, some fans want to do, you would have things to sell too. But I don't think the fix would be as easy as it might be this year because you have so many pieces already in place. It's just a matter of finding a way to get the right ones to, 
turn this thing around and take it over the top. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, it, it, that's, I mean, I, and I get the sentiment, but that's that's crazy. You'd be in worse shape. At least here, you're you're in a position to pivot, and that's appear, appears what the pirates uh, are doing, and uh, it's really good stuff. Follow uh, follow Igo on uh, Hoist the Colors. He's got everything you need to know. Give me both uh, uh, X handles, Igo. Jeez. Uh, see if I can remember them. Um, uh, HTC two four seven for hoist the colors, right? Uh, and then I think it's just Stephen Igo S T E P H E N and then I G O E all together for Twitter. But don't don't one hundred percent. Just go to HTC two four seven. That's all you. That, that's that's that works. Yeah, yeah. That's what you got. I don't I don't need any more followers. I don't need any more mentions. You don't. You don't need more people asking you questions. Is what you. Yeah. You don't need, even though I've asked you a bunch here. All right, uh, Stephen. Thank you. We'll we'll uh, we'll get with your people on the Festivus extravaganza, and uh, the time and the place, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It's be, it'll be better than the Christmas party, which I was unable to go to. So this is this will be it. The airing of this grievances. will be your Christmas. party. This will be my Christmas party. You know, last year it got a little nasty with the airing of grievances. I'm not going to lie. Uh, That's fine. That's fine. That's how we like it. Yeah. Well, no, towards me. All right. Uh, so, oh, okay. yeah, Steve and I go. Hey, thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Yep. There he goes. The great Steve and I go. Pilk, are you ready for the airing of grievances? I am. This is part of the Friday show. I would like us to get a cast of characters involved in this. Okay. Send me a list. I'll make sure they're they're involved. This Friday or next Friday? No, no, no! It's no. Why you do it on the twenty third? Do you not know anything? You probably watch Friends. You probably no, don't watch don't. Seinfeld. I do watch okay, Seinfeld. Good. I do watch Seinfeld. Well, you know, then Festivus is the twenty third. Okay, I'm... we will not be on the air the twenty third. No, so we got to do it this Friday. Got to do it Friday, and we've got to do it at a special time, <laughs> leading into Friday. Yeah. Uh, but for the radio, we'll be here in this in the highly coveted six p.m. Friday before a holiday spot. If there's anybody that can uh, pull the numbers, it'll be the P-Man, I suppose, right? There you go. We'll find out. <clears throat> but our annual airing of grievances, the Festivus for the rest of his show, will be coming up uh, at that time. All right. Uh, great to have I go on. Good stuff there. You can listen to Stephen every weekday at noon here on 94.3 The Game with Hoist the Colors. Uh, also, Hoist the Colors on uh, line as well and on uh, all social media platforms. He forms. He was all over it this weekend. What do we got here? We got the boss. Ugh. I know. Dude, you got mad the, my first year of playing Christmas music because I was playing stuff that was too slow. And the only problem is only good Christmas music is slow. Other than, like, Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry, I can't play that every time. This is all we got. Here, this or slow stuff. We're going to have to make some adjustments. All righty. Oh, you got, you got the boss doing his monologue before. The yeah. worst concert I've ever went to was a Springsteen solo concert. Thankfully, I was... Go, I went for free and able to upgrade my tickets. There you go. Patrick's tickets off the shoulder. There you go. They were. And I and the parking was really good, but I needed a catered meal. I actually needed some booze with a catered meal after sitting through that. I mean, to sit with somebody, watch somebody who hates Ronald Reagan, you know, you need some booze. It's true. That is very true. All right. Uh, he is a week from yesterday. He'll be making his way. 
Okay, uh, stay tuned. It is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show, and we'll get things wrapped up for you on this Monday right after these words. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. The Christmas spirit grows with each new I should have had you play uh, some Ember's Christmas music. Maybe get some of that to go out to break. Ah, good call. I forgot about that. That concert is tonight. the show because uh, our friend and colleague Craig Wooler is... uh, And the Embers are putting on their Christmas show tonight at Reimage Church in Winterville. It uh, will go to benefit Operation Santa Claus. uh, Tickets are... uh, uh, very affordable, and you could still get them at the door. Uh, the show's at seven o'clock, so you got plenty of time to get there. Uh, if you're joining us, you want to get something that will, uh, a week out really put, uh, the Christmas spirit in your heart. Uh, that show is the one to do it. So, uh, head on out to Reimage Church in Winterville tonight. Uh, it is a, uh, Christmas with the Embers featuring our colleague and friend Craig Woolard. You can listen to Craig every Sunday on uh, 107.9 WNCT at 6 o'clock with his beach music show. It's always a fun listen. And uh, Craig, like our friend John Moore, is uh, one of the good guys. By the way, Pilk, uh, John Moore, the mayor and I are about to have a little tete-a-tete going here in the new year. I'll, I'll maybe announce that this week or next week, but certainly will in the new year. But he and I, are, are we have a challenge that we are we both are accepting. I, I can't wait for this. You know, you, you need to bring your competitive edge, Patrick, because if it's something you're going against John Moore with, John Moore don't like to lose. Well, you think I do? You think I'm sitting here? I never said you a, did, but I'm saying he is competitive. This guy's military, man. I understand, but when the lights are on, I get fired. I'm not a practice guy. We're talking about practice, but when the when the lights are on, Pilk. You're like Bo Jackson. You don't see the point in practice, but you're ready for the I'm game. I'm like Iverson. Practice, yeah. man. There you go. Not the game. We're talking practice. practice? Right. We're talking game practice. Also, uh, this week we've got ECU basketball coming your way Wednesday. Uh, Delaware State, if you're not heading out to the uh, Christmas with the Embers and Craig Woolard at Reimage Church, uh, that game, I believe, is going to be on ACC Network Extra or ESPN Plus tonight, Delaware State at Wake Forest, so you can get a look at the Hornets before they uh, buzz into Greenville on Wednesday. See what I did there, Pilk? I like it. Yeah, there you go. So uh, a full week of uh, programming this week and then a little break for the holidays. And then we will uh, come back with uh, a little more uh, excitement, fun, and frivolity for you uh, to wrap up the uh, the year. Uh, we'll have a couple of Friday shows. Is this some Craig Woolard and the Embers going to break? Pill? It is. All right. Oh, here we go. It's the best time of All right. They're at Reimage Church tonight. Hope you'll go out and uh, see them. And all of the money going to Operation Santa Claus. That's already a six-figure deal. It'd be nice to add another... 12, 15 grand to that tally. All right. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington for producing. And thanks to Stephen Igo for hopping on the phone with us today. Always great to catch up with Igo. Big uh, recruiting weekend for ECU out of the portal. Some good gets and uh, hopefully many more to come. Contribute to Team Boneyard, folks. Help make that happen. Uh, that's a big, big part of uh, competing in today's landscape. And we've got to be competitive in it if we want to have 
quality athletics, good football, and uh, and I will even say good basketball. All right, have a great uh, rest of the evening, everybody. Christmas this year, Stephen, let's dance. Is your pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment?